0: Uh, We've got uh, half an hour left of the show, and as we say on the show, we'd like to get the day started right, kind of uh, get you up and going in the right direction. Um, And so coming up next is Get Up and Go.
1: My Get Up and Go on SAFM. Influential people doing well in their respective fields.
0: This morning we we're chatting to a University of Cape Town a vice vice chancellor, Professor Mamakoti Pakeng, um, and uh, she is. She actually doesn't actually need me to introduce her, but because I think that so many people across the country do know her and, and understand and get to know her by her, t- her live Twitter feed. Um, she's got great tweets that she sends out, and she's always one of those people that kind of encourages students. And she is everywhere when it comes to the students and being able to to live their lives and kind of see them from a different perspective. To to what you would normally think a vice chancellor would be doing the job, but she's also a highly regarded B to NRF rated scientist with over 80 research papers and five edited volumes published. She's been invited to deliver over 30 keynote plenary talks at international conferences. She's won numerous awards, uh, including the Order of uh, the baobab which was conferred on her by the President of South Africa in April 2016. Prof, thank you so much uh, for taking the time to chat to us this morning.
1: Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: Can I quickly ask a question? Are you usually up this early in the morning? Yes, I am. I'm in my
1: office right now.
0: So you're in your office, so that would mean that you got up way before this. What time do you normally start your day?
1: Well, um, today I started at 2. I sometimes start at 3. Mm-hmm. Um, so I get into the office anytime time from 4.15. Um, yeah, but, but I do I do start early, so...
0: This is it. Well, why would you say that that has been something that have you been have you always done that? Started the day early.
1: I I started I started doing this when my children were older because when they were young I couldn't start early. I yeah. worked till late, and and I worked at home till late because they they needed me there and you know until they you know they needed me to do homework to take them to school to do certain things. So I altered my 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 working uh, hours around them but as soon as they they were you know old enough and i didn't have to take them to school i i started working starting early at work mm-hmm. because at home i got this i get distracted i do other yeah. things at home so in the office it's better because uh, then i don't have other things to sort out i can just focus on my work
0: so what is your daily routine normally when you get to the office? I mean,
1: I, I'm a Christian, so so I start with my morning devotion,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and 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 then I would have a sort of a song or a verse that I I read or a song that I listen to, and oftentimes when it's a song, it would be playing in my head all day, and I'll play it at particular times, and and I guess it also depends on what's happening on the day. I mean, starting a day with praise is standard. Yeah. But 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 other things would be extraordinary. Like you know, if I'm facing a difficult task, then then I would have something that that you know keeps me motivated, focused, and and you know in a good spirit. In a good space. Yeah. And and sometimes I I mean people don't um, know this, but but I mean I also sometimes wake up and feeling like you know I'm. Um, um, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's yeah. like there's some tasks on my diary that I'm thinking, damn, how am I going to do that? And on those, days like those, I I go onto YouTube. I look at the videos and uh, the, my videos, not of anyone else. My videos, <laughs> I read stuff that I wrote just to remind myself because sometimes it's very easy to forget how capable you are and, and what you have done before and and how strong you are, and it's when you, for me, it's when I look at the videos, when I read what I've written, when I look at the pictures of my moments of power, and I've, I, I've got a folder of my moments of power, a place I go to when I, when I'm feeling weak, when I'm feeling like I'm gonna, i I'm not, I'm not able, I'm not worthy, or I'm not, I can't do something. You so in addition to listening to Tasha Combs, um, there's a miracle in this place. I would look at myself on a... on, on. Oh, I
0: love that song. <laughs>
1: Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and I think you said something so powerful because a lot of times people think that when they look back at what they've achieved, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of um, you being conceited or, or, or arrogant, um, and the Bible teaches you to be humble. So you know, a, a lot of times people are kind of self-effacing from, from what they have achieved. Why do you think it's so important for people to take stock of their achievements? I
1: mean, uh, 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 for me, the issue is when do you take stock and mm. why do you take stock? Yeah. I think you, you, I take stock of my achievements when when I feel like I have forgotten to give mm-hmm. myself strength to give myself confidence because you lose it sometimes this world is harsh this world can be brutal this world sometimes you're surrounded by people who just want to bring you down you know so yeah. so I I, I the, you know those are the moments for me that I I call up my moments of power just just to it's really to in service of myself yeah uh, to give myself motivation to to encourage myself to remind myself that that I've been here before and and I have been victorious mm. so keep going you can do this it's it, it's that kind of talk because I think if you don't do that you, you 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 can't always depend on other people to do it for you to tell you um but if you do it for yourself uh, uh, even when you're in a in foreign land and I'm taking foreign land metaphorically. Yes. You don't have to feel that there's no one to tell you. You can go to your moments of power. It's a way to pick yourself up. So the the problem with looking at your achievements and 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 that um, uh, if, if you're doing that uh, to boast mm. or, or or to shame other people or or to say you are better or whatever that. You know that's undesirable, but but I think there are times when it is absolutely, absolutely desirable and encouraged yeah. for us to, call, to, to look at ourselves and, and and actually remind ourselves of the things that we've achieved to give us confidence and to give ourselves confidence and strength.
0: Do you find that it also helps to keep you purpose driven? Pardon? Do you find uh, that uh, you know looking at, at at what you have achieved, and when you when you have these days that things aren't going well, and and, and you're looking at something that's on your itinerary and thinking how am I going to do that? That when you look at how far you've come, that it helps for you to keep you purpose driven for where you need to go.
1: It it, it helps for me. It, it does help. I mean, it it certainly does. I mean, I I and I I, I always say to young people they should. They should do that because I've seen it work in my life. Mm. Yeah, that that um, and and often I look and I and I and I and I go, oh my God, I did that, <sighs> you know, um, because as, as I say, it's a brutal world we live in. Yeah, very even- brutal world.
0: Now, talking about young people, you're surrounded by young people on a daily basis, Um, and often, you know, youngsters come to universities, and they they come to universities once because their parents have told them to study something. Sometimes, or sometimes they think this is what they're supposed to be studying, but they don't really know. Um, And I mean, I mean, I look back when I was 18, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life. I just knew that I had to go study something. Um, So, when it comes to giving youngsters advice about finding their purpose and finding their passion, what advice do you? give them, just to kind of set them on that path?
1: I mean, I I often say look at the things that you do and the one thing that you feel happy to do, mm-hmm. whether someone is watching, whether, you, you, whether or not you're rewarded for it, it doesn't matter, but you are satisfied that you do it and you feel strong when you do it. I, I mean, I think you should go for that. Um, oftentimes, young people look for for things that they think will give them will make them wealthy, mm-hmm. things that they think will give them more status, yes. things that they they think will make them famous, and I, and I say you know anything can make you wealthy, anything can make you famous or stand out. It's how you do it that matters. So find something that 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 you're good at, that that uh, even if it's not easy, you 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 feel comfortable to put your head in. Just keep doing it until you get it right. That it doesn't feel like a drag. It, it feels it feels great when you get it right. That that for me is something that you do. It, it, it feels like a yeah, like a natural space. Um, even if other people say it's hard, but it's something that when you do, you feel you feel comfortable. You, yeah. you, feel, you feel you feel that you can go through all the challenges in it, and it's okay. Um, and I think I think that that's what you should look. For. That's what you should
0: look for. One of the things that I particularly love when I look at your 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 Twitter feed is the fact that you interact um, with the students on, on on almost a daily basis. Looking at your feed, um, and you know, I, like I said, I'm I'm basic, basically just a voyeur looking at your life. Um, but that speaks to me to a, a lot of of leadership. So when it comes to leadership, how would you define your, your leadership style, and and what do you believe about leadership? on about leaders
1: i mean i i i think leadership has to be authentic you you have to be you, you can only lead better if you lead from who you are and mm. your values what you believe in what you stand for um, and and i also believe that leadership the, the the success of any leader is not just about what they bring to the task it's also about um The context in which they do the task. So, so you might be a brilliant leader Mm. uh, in peacetime when things are comfortable, the economy is going well, and everybody's happy. It's peacetime. Some people are brilliant leaders in peacetime, Uh, and and when a crisis comes, they flounder because they don't know what to do. Because suddenly they have to make decisions differently. Some suddenly they have to engage people differently. And, and sometimes they miss the point that um, you can still make the same decision, but it's how you get to it that that will make a difference. I mean, so so leadership, in my view, uh, 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 is shaped also by context. So crisis time requires a different way of leading. Uh, 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 peace time, peace time is, is easier. It's easier to lead in peace time, but crisis time and, and crisis time doesn't mean that the organization itself or the institution or the company is in crisis. Mm. It, it may mean that the world is in crisis, in crisis or the country. So if you imagine what's happening now, I mean, there's a lot more uncertainty in the world today. I mean, uncertainty that comes as a result of wars around, of polarization across race and political ideology. But there's also a, a, a crisis of, of climate change. I mean, the climate is changing
0: it's you know
1: seasons are changing, changing in ways that we never imagined before, and and there's also the, the 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 change the the uncertainty of the future in terms of artificial intelligence. Yes, uh, we used to automation and intelligent machines. Uh, 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 we used to automation, but not intelligent machines that behave like human beings. Mm-hmm. And now this this um, the emergence of intelligence intelligent machines and the possibility of altering what humanity is or can be is a, brings uncertainty with it. So, so and all of these things are happening at the same time. And so, my view is that these things will shape will shape how you lead. If they don't, then you will you yourself as a leader will find yourself in crisis. Crisis. You've got to. You've got to and, and recognize the the uncertainty, the crisis that you are in, and and lead from who you are in in a way that responds to the crisis. And 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 I mean, I, last week I was talking to colleagues and, and talking to them about you know, in in higher education right now there's a there's lots of contestation and 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 generally in the country um, there's lots of contestation. Besides all these changes that are happening everywhere else in the world. Yeah. We've got contestation about a lot of things. We are disappointed at at our, what our democracy has produced up to now.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: there's a disappointment about the fact that there's unfinished business in this democracy and it's going slow. Our young people are impatient. They are angry. And so, more than just leading, you've got to you've got to work at for actively at making peace. Not because there's. There's war around you where you are, not because people are attacking you, but proactively. And, and, I, and I say, it, you know, when it comes to leading students, you also have to make sure our students have to feel that, have to know that we have their interests at heart. Yeah. They have to know that we are here for them. That's not to say we're going to agree with, with them everything. Or, mm. There'll be times when we disagree with them, but I would like a situation where, where our students say, of course we disagree, but we know prof got our mm. we don't understand why he does she does this and they can fight with me but when they go home they can they can say but we know that she's not all out to destroy it should never be a situation it doesn't matter how angry they make us we should never be at war with them we should be able to disagree with them we should be able to call them to order we should be able to call them out when they misbehave. But we should never be at war with them because uh, we are here actually to serve, to make sure that they become bigger than we are actually. And so we can't be at war with them because because our mission is to make them successful, is to make them leaders, is to make them much bigger than we are.
0: Prof, um, just finally, um, we asked our topic of the the day this morning was with regard to teaching in particular, um, and looking at uh, the research that came out uh, yes, well yesterday about teacher absenteeism, um, and yes. a lot of comments has been made about the state of education in our country. Um, from your perspective, being at the coalface, uh, what do you think? Of, what is the state of, of education in South Africa at the moment? I
1: mean, it's in my view, it's not what it should be. I mean, it's. Um I think, and and for me, it's not just about education. I mean, what you see in education, because my view is that we have a curriculum is decent enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think the problem is with curriculum. I think we have enough policy to get us going. In fact, we have so much policy in this country, no other African country has got as many policies in education like we do. So we cannot say we're running short of policy. The policies that we have can get us to where we want to. My view is our biggest challenge with with education is implementation of our policy, whether it's curriculum policy, whether it's any policy, but the implementation is about people it's about the commitment of people and and that's why I say it's not so much about education because you see it in service delivery, you see it in poli- in political leadership, you see it in our bureaucracy and there is so much um, in my view commitment. People are committed to themselves as individuals. So I must get my share. Uh, People are not interested in contributing to the bigger, the greater good. Mm. Okay, People are not interested in the greater good. People are interested in the individual advancement. And that for me is a problem. It's a problem of values. People... Don't, you know, don't value, the, the people's values are are, are the, the individualism. I have to be wealthy at all costs, even if it means everyone else fails. I must be the one who's successful. Even if I bring an institution down, as long as my course is advanced yeah. and I look good and my, you know, so people are advancing courses at the expense of, of principle, of values, causes that don't bring us together. People can polarize, not because it's going to build, but because they're going to get attention, they're going to get famous, they're going to get recognized, and so they will do anything. They will grow to all and And for me, it's in education as well. So people will take, there are teachers who will take their children to a private school, and then and then they go and close down their school. The children in the school where they are teaching cannot be taught, but their daughter will be taught by some person. Mm. And then they will stand up and and shout against white people, but they take their child to a white person to teach. They, they, the other children of poor people have them as a teacher, and they are black, the kid is black, and I'm black, but... But the person doesn't invest themselves that much. So even if they say their course is for blackness, it doesn't manifest itself as being for blackness. Because on, on the surface of it, it, it looks, it, it sabotages blackness because it is black poor kids who suffer. Otherwise, the black middle class kids do not suffer. And you know why they don't suffer? is because they get taught by white people in private schools. But when it suits you, you, I'm sorry, I'm being controversial. No, that's fine. Because it is, it is important that we say these things. So yes, it is so it's my very thing important is that we the value, the value system. So our, our curriculum is fine. I think we can achieve wonders with it. I I think we can get we can get our infrastructure better. But I don't think it's any worse than infrastructure in Kenya, in Tanzania. In fact, if you compare with those countries, our infrastructure in education is top class. We can achieve a lot with what we have, yes, yes, yes. but we are not achieving, we are not achieving 50% of what we can with what we have because our value system is not what it should be.
0: Prof, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate the time. Unfortunately, we are just running a little bit sh- short on time because we've still got a few things to do. But I'd really like to you know, carry on the conversation. Words of wisdom. And we've got so many messages coming in, um, people saying uh, how they, they really love your work, love how you inspire the nation, um, and love um, just basically what you're doing at UCT and uh, many people saying strength to you. So thank you very much for your time.
1: Thanks, Ma. So have a very
0: good day. You too. Thank you so much. Uh, that's uh, Professor Mamokheti Mama Paking. She's the Vice-Chancellor of the University of Cape Town. Um, and she did say that she, she loved this song, and this is a song that she plays. Um, so we're going to play it for you this morning. It is Tasha Cobbs and is a miracle in this room.